May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please do sit down. This uh, is our second visit to Moose. Uh, people in England love it that we're coming to a place called Moose. Uh, genuinely marvellous. And we managed to organise um, at the 8 o'clock Mass, uh, just as I finished the uh, prayer of consecration, a socking great moose walked across the, the, the view there, which was rather marvellous. Um, didn't come in to receive communion, but there you go. Car carried on over down to Eichelberg and getting a cup of coffee down the way there. Um, would be my guess. Um, I'm privileged to have been in the, the United States on, on a number of occasions. My, my brother Tom uh, has lived for the past 17 years in, in San Francisco. I don't know if you've ever heard of San Francisco. It's a little place somewhere on the Pacific. And uh, we're going to go and see him uh, in, uh, at the end of the month, which would be um, great fun. Many, many years ago, about 20 years ago, my wife and I uh, were in New York, uh, which you also might have heard of, and um, they couldn't understand me there either. Uh, it was before we had children. My sons were here for the 8 o'clock. I've locked them in the toilet um, for, the, for this service um, because the, the question and answer session that kept going, Dad, during the sermon at 8 o'clock, once was enough. So there, but before we had the boys, um, we could do things like go to the theatre on Broadway. Uh, which was uh, rather marvellous. And, and 20 years ago, uh, we went to see um, the stage version of Les Miserables. Uh, I hope you like the French accent. <laughs> Anybody down from Quebec? No? Anyway, the French, when I speak French in France, the French think I'm Belgian, which I think is about the biggest insult that they could make, um, as far as they're concerned. Anyway, um, so uh, Les Miserables, the great musical uh, stage show based on a, on a truly humongous book, uh, by Victor Hugo. Uh, it, I mean, it's like that. It's an enormous, great thing. Um, my, my grandmother, um, who was a Cockney from the East End of London, uh, she had two accents. Her normal voice was, uh, all right, nice to see you. I don't know if you, you know, like, yeah, that sort of thing, slightly different sort of East End accent. Unless the phone went. When the phone went, it went, bring, bring. She go, hello, Flora Taylor. In a very, very, it sounded like Queen Elizabeth. Uh, she had a telephone voice and a, and a normal voice. But she always used to call Les Miserables uh, Les Miserables, which I, I always thought, poor old, you know, he must have been a sad man, mustn't he? Old Les Miserables. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Anyway, last um, Lent in, in my parish in, in Sussex, in the south of England, uh, we live in a place called Hastings. You might have heard of it, King Harold, arrow in the eye. No? All right, okay, 1066 and all that. No, anyway, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. It's only British history, doesn't matter. Um, the, uh, we were, where we, 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 we was it? Oh, yeah, the Lent course. Um, and I used the film version of Les Miserables for the Lent course um, in our church. Uh, so he watched the movie and, um, and then sort of unpacked it. Um, I thought um, I did it at 8 o'clock and uh, nobody complained, so I'll do it now. I'll sing one verse of a song um, from what, that one. Um, this song is uh, where there's a guy who's a policeman who's very legalistic called Javert, and everything's black and white, either right or wrong, and uh, he's chasing down the, the sort of hero of the piece, who's a chap called uh, Jean Valjean. And uh, this is one of um, Javert's, part of one of Javert's songs. He sings... Um, 
Out in the darkness, a fugitive running, fallen from God, fallen from grace. God be my witness, I never shall yield, till we come face to face, till we come face to face. He knows his way in the dark. Mine is the way of the Lord, those who follow the paths of the righteous will have their reward. And if I fall as a Lucifer fell, the flame, the sword, for so it must be, for so it is written on the doorway to paradise, that those who falter and those who fall must pay the price. Instrumental, Lord, let me find him, that I may see him. Safe behind bars, I will never rest. Till then, this I swear, this I swear by the stars. Which um, are not out this morning. <laughs> so, um... I, I sang a song from a show all four Sundays in August 2011 when we were here last time. And, uh, and I thought, well, I better do it again this time. I don't normally do that at home because they go, oh, shut up. But, but you lot are much nicer and have far better musical taste. Anyway, the, um, the, the point is that, uh, that uh, Javert, the character, um, did you hear those who falter and those who fall will pay the price? Now... It may be just me in this chapel, or sitting in the shade outside, um, but is anybody else here a sinner? <laughs> I thought, yeah, one or two, whereas well, me and you, we'll, we'll have a beer after. Is that right? um, but that concept, Javert thinks that, you know, faltering and falling, you have to be absolute, you know, human beings are called to be righteous, and we are called to be righteous the whole time, but he doesn't believe that there's any forgiveness and when he realises that the hero of the police, Jean Valjean, has a man who, who works on a different moral compass, works, about, works on the basis of grace, not law, when he realises that his world cannot hold, he actually jumps off a bridge in Paris and kills himself. The moral dilemma is too great for him to manage. Whereas Valjean, who uh, as a young man had stolen a loaf of bread to feed his daughter's starving child, and then was sent to prison for 19 years. French justice is harsh, isn't it? In England, you get a... Give that back. Um, but it's 19 years in, on hard labour, and, uh, and that's, that's his sentence. And eventually he's let out on parole, and he can't get work um, because he's got his papers that say he's a felon. Um, uh, did you like that? I got it. You'd, you'd say somebody was a felon. We would never say that, but I thought I'd slip that in. Um, it, was a, it was a felon, and so he would, he would never get work, and he rails against the system. And so from being a, a good man who, who steals for a good reason, he becomes a man who's worse and worse because the system persecutes him and he can't see beyond that. And then what happens, because he can't find food to eat, he ends up destitute and hungry on the doorstep of the Bishop of Digne, and the Bishop of uh, Dinia um, welcomes him in. Come in, my brother. Have a meal with me. And they eat together. And Valjean repays his kindness by stealing silver candlesticks and running away. Well, he's caught and uh, hauled back to the bishop by the, by the constabulary. And, uh, and, and he's told the police that, that the bishop gave them. 
And the bishop didn't. He stole them. And the bishop says, that's true. This man tells the truth. These were a gift. And have these also. And gives him a load more silver. And when the constable's very disgruntled, you can imagine how the police must have been feeling at that point, go off. The bishop says, come here. And he says to uh, Jean Valjean, um, make good use of these. Use them for good. I have bought your soul for God. So the bishop is the agent of the Holy Spirit by God's grace in redeeming this broken man. And what goes on in the great story is that Valjean um, does. He, he uses the, the, the silver to build a factory. He employs people. He builds a business that brings goods to, to a particular town. He becomes the mayor of the town and by the standards of the time is a generous employer and a kind man and a good mayor. And he turns his life over in service in a business that provides employment for people and in public service as the mayor. But he always knows that his soul was bought for God. So it's always in God's name that he does these things. And he realises that life is full of grey areas and that Javert, who pursues him and pursues him and pursues him, is wrong. Because to become the mayor, he's had to change his identity and, uh, and hide from the law. And Javert tracks him down and tracks him down. Anyway, if you haven't seen it on stage, do. If you haven't seen the movie, do. If you read French, read the book. If you, it is translated into English, so it's much more complicated in the book. Um, so, uh, you know, if you want to give yourselves a break, watch the film. <laughs> But that's a story of uh, redemption, of turning around. Now, we heard mention my old mate King David uh, in our first uh, lesson today. And then we heard from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Now, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty liberal sort of biblical, I'm not a scholar at all, but, you know, I don't accept the, some of the traditional authorship of the books of the Bible. But if you do... The Pentateuch are called the Books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy, written by Moses, the traditional uh, teaching is. King David himself wrote the Psalms, and that is quite possible that some of the Psalms were written by David. And of course Ephesians, uh, Colossians, uh, Corinthians 1 and 2, and Romans and various other bits and bobs, uh, written by St Paul. So the great swathe of the Hebrew Scriptures and the Christian New Testament were written by traditionally, by those men. What do they all have in common? They are murderers. They are sinners. They are particularly, they're murderers. They are big, they're big time sinners, these guys. Um, and yet, through God's grace, they are turned round in the kingdom to become agents of grace in all sorts of ways. I don't know how you've come to Mass this morning, you might be feeling ghastly about things in your life. It may have been 60 or 70 years ago. It might have been this morning. But we have a God here who will use even people like King David and Paul and Moses to have his kingdom come on earth. So if there's hope for them, by God, there's hope for all of us. And their story is reflected, I think, in the story of Les Miserables and Jean Valjean. So we sometimes find that not only in Scripture are the great truths of God's saving power <coughs> displayed, but actually also in, in our common shared humanity and in the literature and film and, thank goodness, Broadway musicals of our time, uh, for which something I think we can all be very thankful. 
but it's not just the big things. When we get to the gospel, there's this very amusing exchange where Jesus, Jesus makes jokes in the gospels. Okay? It's a bit like Shakespeare comedies. They're not terribly funny for us. Okay, I, I mean, some of you might like Shakespeare comedies. I don't get it. All right, I, you know, I really, I, you know, I get the tragedies and all that kind of thing, and you know, I can do a proper raw Shakespeare company accent and do all that kind of thing. But, um, but no, I don't get the comedies because they've changed in time. But the funny bit in this is where Jesus, you know, always sort of see the, the the sort of half smile, half gritted teeth um, that he says to them, uh, "You're only following me because I gave you a load of bread last time." They're almost like the people who have taken to these boats. Like, has anybody ever fed a stray cat that's turned up at their house? Yeah, big mistake, isn't it? Because you're stuck with them for 20 years. They're never the cats that get run over, are they? Those ones. They're, they're always the cats that hang around, causing you know, costing you a fortune. We ended up with a cat called Eric. He's still alive. He's 13. For five years, he was costing us 135 pounds a month in medicine. That's 160 dollars. Terrifying. Anyway, uh, so, so those people are a bit like the straight cat. They're only following Jesus around, he says to them, because um, he uh, fed them, gave them food. Now, there's nothing wrong with feeding people who need feeding. You know, that's part of our Christian calling, is to feed the hungry, look after the poor, the foreigners in our midst. Thank you very much, please do. And all the rest of it. Um, but that is, you know, it's an important thing that Jesus moves them on. To say, you know, there is more, to, more than the here and now. There is more to life than simple bread. There is the sort of feeding that builds us up spiritually unto all eternity. The sort of feeding that allows us to realise when we have made a mistake, whether it's a big one, like being uh, St Paul and a murderer, or whether it's a small one, like being grumpy like Timothy Dudley Smith, the writer of our first hymn, and move on from that in God's good grace. And of course, we falter and fall the whole time. And the important thing of worshipping together uh, regularly around God's holy table, of being forgiven our sins, is that we know that God loves us, God forgives us what we've done, large and small, if we are genuinely sorry. And he will give us his grace to continue on his path and uh, I quote, uh, quote the old musical um, in a way he's sort of sworn by the stars but when we see all that eternity above us and the beauty around us who could not believe in a God who loves us and forgives us so go forward in faith from this place uh, spread the gospel spread the love of the Lord and be happy Amen <laughs> And now I have to struggle with the technology because what we didn't do four years ago was record the sermons. Now I've got to stop it. <laughs> uh, there they are. Oops, no.